Hello and welcome to the Mastermind Growth, where we share the wisdom, the stories and the insights from business owners. My name is John Cassier-Rice and I have the pleasure to be your host for this week's podcast. I am your local Federation of Small Business Membership Advisor, meeting and supporting business owners from all industries. Today we have Richard with us. Hello, Richard. Hello, how are you? Excellent, thank you. Thank you for taking the time to do this. Oh, it's my pleasure. Fabulous. So tell us a little bit about your business and what you do. Uh, so for 20 years, I created a theatre and um, ran it. And uh, we did everything from um, plays, Shakespeare, musicals, events. Uh, we also had an, an actual event side to the company as well, where we went to, uh, we did everything from launching uh, the Queen Victoria, the Queen Elizabeth, uh, to the world premiere of Disney's Christmas Carol in London, uh, to opening a bridge, a tunnel. Um, all sorts of things. And then um, uh, we also had a drama school and a uh, costume hire department and uh, go into schools, do lots of educational stuff with them as well. So a whole range of different things, basically, um, but mainly around the performing arts uh, was, the, was the sort of centre part of it. Fab, it sounds like it kept you very busy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 20 years, I never saw my house, pretty much. Um, so, yeah, it was it was a seven-day-week job, and it was, um, you know, 12 hours a day sometimes. So it was, yeah, very long hours, very, um, yeah, extremely long. So, yeah. So I sense a bit of a story behind how your, your journey into this. So would you mind sharing a little bit about your story? Yeah, sure. So, um I, I went to drama school in, and finished in 93 and uh, I started off by doing particularly lots of movies, everything from Gladiator to Sleepy Hollow to all sorts of big budget movies, small budget movies um, and things like that. And I had a passion for theatre. I particularly wasn't getting a lot of theatre work. And I think because I actually had so much movie work um, that people thought me as just a, a movie actor and that you couldn't do the stage, which was nonsense. So I decided to set up the Groundlings Theatre and I thought, well, I will, I will put myself in a couple of plays and get myself a few credits. And it sort of snowballed from there, really. So from the year 2000, which was our first um, season, we did some Shakespeare. We not only did theatres, but we toured around um, uh, open air venues as well. And then eventually I bought um, this building in, in Portsmouth, which happened to be an old theatre and uh, restored it and converted it back into a theatre because uh, it had several uses between being a theatre and before I got hold of it. Um, it was a schoolhouse at one point, a youth training centre, it was all sorts of things. So, um, and that's that's basically how I built it up. But I did, uh, I approached it in a very different way. Um, and how I did that is I, I spent a lot of time on the internet, uh, about a year and a half, doing lots of research, uh, just putting in search engines, things like, um, most successful theatre in the country or most successful theatre in the world or really successful business um, businesses and tried to get a sort of common thread that went through them and uh, built my business model around that really. And then, um, you know, we opened the theatre in the middle of a, a recession and with no funding and uh, managed to um, make it work, very successful, um, our audiences dramatically increased um, and um, 
it just blossomed uh, was the only word to say really and it just it just kept getting better and better and bigger and bigger and um yeah it's now you know really thriving art center and venue and doing all sorts of things so um it's just grown from strength to strength which is fantastic fabulous it sounds like quite an adventure Hmm. yes (laughs) definitely was an adventure that's for sure yeah i mean like everything it has its ups and downs it has its moments and it has its joyous moments and then it has its real you know tragic moments just like a play just like a play yes just like a play. the world's a stage it is literally all the world's a stage and we're all just merely players with our interests and exits so yeah so what are the oh yes Mm. yes so one of the fabulous things i think about um whether it's theater or even films is that you have a talented bunch of people that come together to work on a project for a period of time and then disperse and that must be interesting dynamics yes it's it's quite intense because you get uh very rapidly um and very quickly make um uh, very good friends and it's very intense for that period of time and then suddenly it's it's all blown to the wind and it's gone and you're on to the next project yes. um, so uh yeah it's it's quite um quite a very interesting emotional roller coaster at the same time and it's i think it's one of those um businesses that rely so heavily on people and all these people coming together to do their little bit to make work uh, which is, however, uh, you know, any film or any play actually manages to get on um, and be shown is a miracle in itself. When you've got, I mean, if you've got films that, you know, they can employ up to 20,000, 30,000 people and every single cog has to work to make the whole thing work. Um, and if you lose one person or you... You, you take one of those cogs out, the whole thing just collapses. And um, it's a miracle how anything ever gets done. I'm baffled. But it always does, and it always goes on. And, you know, it always happens. Yeah, I think so, there's something magical about people coming together, especially creative, technical. You never know what's yeah. going to happen from that. Mm. But what would, be no. some of your, <laughs> no, what would be some of your key learnings you take away from working in that kind of environment that maybe somebody in an unrelated industry could use? Um, I think the, one of the, uh, the most important things, uh, and it was interesting, I used it in, in the theatre. So like most, most traditional theatres, you have rows of seats and uh, you sit and watch the show. Now, there was one thing that I noticed, which was... Um, uh, that you know you go to the theater you sit down and, and about the only thing you ever say to the person next to you was excuse me uh why you went off to the toilet or the bar and that was it you know you there was really wasn't actually much social interaction between the audience and at the end of the show the bars were closed and you just went home and that was it and i thought well how can you turn this around and i looked at uh, how theatres had been in the Restoration period and the Victorian period and so forth. And there was an interesting thing, which is that people arrived about an hour before the show and didn't leave until uh, an hour after the show. So what were they doing there? And it was much more social. Um, a lot of theatres didn't have seats. Uh, people stood and watched shows. Um, they were able to move around um, or they had benches, um, things like that. So. Uh, what we did is we put tables and chairs in like a, a cabaret style. And the first thing that happens is, is an audience member that comes in 
they see someone sat at the same table as them because they were quite large tables and then they would say hello and they would start a conversation and suddenly we had socialization people buy stories people yes. buy um uh, emotions they don't buy products that's what they don't do but they buy into an emotional feeling or something that they get, uh, etc. I mean, all our homes are full of absolute loads of rubbish, um, of, of stuff that we, you know, we never ever use. We, we, we've used once or twice, um, and then, but we bought into that emotional feeling of it's going to make us feel good, or it's going to make us um, a better person, or it's going to improve our lives in some way or another. Um, so I think that's the most important thing: is it don't sell the product sell the emotion or sell the story um and in a way when we started looking at the theater we uh, which you can apply to any business we never sold the shows or the theater we sold the experience um and we sold what you would feel when you came or what you would gain out of it and it, it was very rarely about the venue or the actual shows themselves it was all about something else it was all about the experience and everything else and that's why people flocked to come and see the you know the, the stuff that was on um and it, you know it's done so well and it's purely because of that because there has been very little budget um whenever we sit down and we talked about budget for shows or anything else and we get to marketing and you know, people say, what's the budget? And I go, nothing, absolutely nothing, nothing at all. In fact, we'll have some posters and leaflets and that's it. No adverts, no anything whatsoever. And we found stories and we found lots of stories that we could use and we could put out and they were on social media. They're in the press and we're on the front page of the press sometimes or um, across several pages and, you know, People, when they pick up a newspaper, don't go and go, oh, I must look at the adverts. They go and read the stories. They bypass the adverts. Yes. So we learned that and, and realised that actually it's stories that, that matter, not advertising almost. So, uh, and, and it's no good giving someone just a leaflet and go, there you go. Um, you've actually got to invest and tell them a story. And if you can narrow it down to something nice and quick and simple, you want to make that person into your marketeer who then goes and spreads the word to 20, 40 people themselves as well. So I used to, you know, say things about when I was handing, you know, someone in a shop, um, some leaflets to put on their counter, for instance, I used to always say things like, well, oh, Browning's Theatre, have you, have you heard of it? Um, and they'll say, you know, possibly no. And I go, oh, it's amazing. It's, it's just like Hogwarts. I say, it's got a beautiful sky feeling. It's got secret passages, secret doors, things like that. I said, there's even a giant beanstalk growing through the sort of box office area. It's amazing. Oh, you must go down and see it. So what would happen is that um, and one particular day, I went around the shop and started looking around. And this woman came in and went to the counter and she went, oh, what's this? And she picked up a leaflet. And the woman behind the counter said, oh, it's Grounding's Theatre. Apparently it's amazing. It's just like Hogwarts. It's got this beautiful sky ceiling. It's got secret doors and things. And the woman's going, oh my God, that's amazing. Oh, we must go. So I just turned the, the shop owner into my marketing officer. Fabulous. Um, and they're, they're all doing it for free. And that's how, you know, the word of mouth spread really rapidly and very fast and all over the place and that was basically the secret to 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 all of it really and just keep knocking on doors and i don't mean physically knocking on doors but um 
you know, as an actor, I always felt that if you, um, you would have a, imagine you had a hundred doors in front of you um, and um, 70 of those doors, there's no one in, they're just not interested. Um, and then maybe 20 of those doors, there's some people that might be interested, but you really have to hard push sell. And then there's 10 people that you're going to, is going to definitely want your product and definitely want you either in the film or want to buy whatever they want to buy from you. Um, and so the trick is, is to knock on as many doors as possible because the more doors you knock on, the more chance you've got of reaching those 10 or possibly those 20 that might. Yes. Um, whereas if you only knock on five or six, then statistically you may not, you may not get to those people. So it was about spreading the word and, and finding the opportunities, but just, you know, doing as much as we could to tell those stories um, and then making other people tell those stories for us. Yeah. Um, and that, that was the key. Fabulous. And, and it sounds a little bit like um, not everybody's going to res- resonate with your story, but that's okay. But when you find mm. the people that that story does resonate with, they will go on and tell it and that yeah. grows an organic reach and uh, how humans life love to speak they love to speak in stories yeah exactly i did um uh, it was interesting once i got asked by uh, the head of the london stock exchange once to um help him out with a speech that he had he was struggling and um i sat down with him for an hour and uh, went to his house and and sat down with him and listened to his speech first of all and um uh, the first thing I did is I, I um, took the script away from him. Yes. And the panic that went on his face, you know, and I just went, do you know, you're saying a lot of great words. You're saying a lot of wonderful stuff, I'm sure. I have no freaking clue what you're talking about, you know, acting on whatsoever. So, let, let you know, you tell me what what all this is about, but without the script in your hand. And, you know, when you get to those jokes, I said, you know, I want you to really connect with me and look at me in the eye and tell me those stories and um, make it come alive. And he did. And uh, it was fantastic. And it was, you know, really good speech. And it, it, it suddenly went from this very dreary, you know, practically falling asleep speech to this really engaging and I actually understood how the stock exchange worked and all sorts of stuff was going on um and I actually said to him read my eyes if I look confused explain it better you know and um anyway um he he gave me uh, the the fee for the for the hour which was very very nice and very big um and then about a month later I get a, a large envelope through the post and it had um a copy of the Times with a two-page spread, all about his speech and how this speech had brought in, you know, billions into the UK economy or it's done so much and it's so brilliant and everything else. And then the check in there for three and a half thousand pounds. <laughs> it was the best ever hour I've ever spent. Um, <laughs> the power bonus, of storytelling. You know. Yeah. Um, but it was just something as simple as that. It's just tell the story. And, um, you know, and as soon as he connected with people, he, he, he it was brilliant. It was lovely yes. to hear him. Um, and it was, it, and he, he, he thought I was actually going to perhaps, you know, pick him up on pronunciation and things like that and what have you. And actually that wasn't the point at all. It was really to get the story across. Yeah. Um, well, people are forgiven if, if they sense that you care, that they sense that you you're saying it from your heart saying it saying the right yeah. thing 
they invest in you. They don't, again, they don't invest in a product. No. Um, you know, that, that's the, that's the key. And, um, and that was the other thing I did at, at uh, the theatre is I um, sold, and it sounds, it sounds really um, egotistic, I guess, but I sold myself. So um, there were lots of, because I'd been in all these films and I'd done Star Wars and things like that. So it sort of had an interesting life. Um, and so I sold who I was as well. And that was, that was one of the things that we constantly, you know, I put myself out there all the time. Um, and so people invested in the person they didn't invest in the theater. And it was interesting. Someone said the other day that, um, you, you are the, they actually turned around to me and said, you are the theater. Yes. You know, you are, it. it's not, it's not about the bricks and mortar and everything else. You're it. You know, if it burned down, uh, God forbid it doesn't, but if it did, then it would still live on because it's with you. It's not the bricks and mortar and the, um, you know, the, the pens, the paper and the lighting fittings and all, everything else. It, it's much more than that. Yes. So uh, as we're recording this, we're just coming out of the COVID, well, the first wave. And, mm. uh, I, wave I, number one. No, but no, wave number one. <laughs> yeah. are, are you working on any productions? Have you got anything in the pipeline? Um, well, I'm, I'm uh, strange enough, I started uh, uh, going back to my roots again and started doing a lot more acting and um, directing, but freelance directing and producing and various things uh, to, to get myself a bit more out there and, and to find more connections and, and what have you. So I'm taking a break from the theatre. Um, so a trust is now running the theatre, which is fantastic. Um, and um, it's, it, I mean the arts at the moment is very interesting because um theater is in a real state because of the fact that uh you can't just turn a switch on and it all just suddenly starts happening again um you've got to rehearse you've got to uh do all the pre-production um which can take you know nine months a year um to kick stuff kick start stuff off um, and I think they're going to, you know, a lot of producers will be in theatres uh, reducing that massively um, and trying to get stuff going for spring next year. I think there will be little bits and pieces between now and spring next year, but not much else. Right. It's not something you can just turn it on because it takes work to make the product in the first place. Um, it's A theatre is constantly changing its product. So it's not like going into a jean shop and there are always jeans there or they just, you know, they get the factory to make more jeans. It's, it's, it's like a jean shop one week and the next week it's a, you know, bakery and next week it's a, it's a cafe and next week it's, you know, a um, pharmacy. It's constantly changing its products. So therefore it's, it's um, having to evolve and it's, it's quite difficult for theatre. So that's a part of the industry that's not very good. However, the film and television industry, um, it feels like almost a dam has been built up. So all these product, project, um, projects sorry, that were due to go on you know, during this period have all been held back. And all the new projects have been building up as well. So actually, when we get to that part of the industry, which is just about starting to open up now, um, but certainly within a month or two, it's going to be almost like a floodgates will open. So there will be a lot of work for actors in TV and film, um, but less so in the theatre, which is sad. But hopefully 
uh, with government funding and everything else, theatres may be able to pull through, uh, probably not all, unfortunately, but um, be able to pull through and then come out the other end. But the good thing I'd say about our industry is, is that we are creative and we are damn good at, at thinking outside the box. And I do hate that expression, but just thinking in a different way and finding ways to make it work. Because that's what we always have to do. <laughs> yeah, it's so important in this day and age to be able to think differently. And I think sometimes mm. people think, well, like I run a training company as well as the Federation of Small Businesses. And the knee-jerk reaction is to go, well, I'll just do my live trainings online. And that's not necessarily creative. <laughs> that's that's kind of the easy option. No. no, and I think sometimes if if we're given problems, we resolve them and actually good things come out of them. So, yes. you know, as it, we would just become more, uh, because we've been forced to, um, we've been forced to, to think at things in a different way and maybe there'll be some fantastic new innovations and uh, things like that. I mean, I did hear the other day that um, there was a, a good thing on the BBC about, um, and the fact they're finding of trying to find a vaccine for COVID um, because they've been forced to look at this in a completely new way and a very rapid way, they have learned an awful lot and they think that actually this may be a major boom in finding vaccinations and cures for many many diseases and in you know 20 years time we'd look back on this period as being a, a major turning point in medicine um and uh, that we may well just find a lot of cures and a lot of um, vaccinations for various diseases and and um, various um you know ailments and various things that we have so you know, there are some good things that could come out of this. Um, and I think, you you know, businesses have to find a positive way and look at it and take the blinkers off and think, how how could I do this in a different way? Yeah. How can I change and, and go back to the drawing board and start again, but in a completely different way? And what's going to get people safely using my business? but in a creative and different way to do that. Fabulous. So, so Richard, if there's somebody listening to this and they maybe need a director for a project or maybe an actor or would like to talk to you about some of the creativity or even got a speech that's going to save mm. the economy and need some input. <laughs> <laughs> well, I will try. Yeah. How would they I'm contact sure I you? I can save the entire economy. But, you know. <laughs> oh, I think you can, Richard. <laughs> Oh yeah, well yeah. yeah. You know, you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? Oh yeah. absolutely. So yeah. So how would they contact absolutely. you? Um well they can either through my website, which is www.groundlings. sorry, beg your pardon. Uh, it's www.richardstride.co.uk or um you can email me at rwstride at gmail.com. Excellent. Thank you ever so much for sharing your story and your insights with us. Oh, my absolute pleasure. Fabulous. It's been great talking to you. Uh, and you, Richard. If you know of anybody, other business owners, or anybody who would be great for the podcast, please do let me know. Yes, we'll do. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, it's quite Thank you for listening, and no catch you next podcast. Thank you very much. The Federation of Small Businesses, with practical help for business owners such as the FSB Insurance Service. We're not only a fully general insurance broker, with services for all products tailored to your needs, includes free business and personal credit checks, 
free valuation service and free business continuity planning. Any questions, contact me at john.cassidy-rice at fsb.org.uk.